stuck in my ways. I'm stuck in the house for most of the day. I'm chasing my dreams and running away. But I got a chance, I'm running my play. I want that none of y'all take it away. I'll never change, I'm stuck in my ways. All right, what is going on today? So, welcome to another episode of Hey Mark, the podcast where I, Mark, get to have authentic and open conversations about things like mental health, pushing past adversities, whether that be in your personal life, your work life, or any entrepreneurial stuff that you're going through right now, or just maybe with your mental or physical health. All I'm trying to do at the end of the day is talk about good vibes and speak about the struggles that are preventing us from really just getting to that pursuit of happiness. Now, if you're brand new to this content, that's exactly what you guys can expect to hear. So please follow this journey with me and hear about, you know, different struggles that different individuals have gone through that have given them different perspectives and how we can kind of learn from that as well. And if you're not new to this content, then thank you so much for the support up until now. And please, all I ask is that you refer this content to a friend, maybe if they're going through some struggles right now, or they have been through some struggles, or they're just wanting to push their life into a better direction. Now, today in the 14th episode, I got to speak with Dana Maternick, and you can find her on Instagram at the Wellness Gypsy with an IE at the end of Gypsy. And she is someone who is really, really positive and really awesome to talk to. She has kind of spoken to me about, you know, just kind of taking control of her own life and what that looks like and how it's impacted her mental health. So without further ado, I'm going to jump right into this and you guys can hear this conversation that we had. And I know that you guys are going to enjoy it just as much as I did. All right. Bang. We are recording. I'm here with Dana Matternick. Why don't you give yourself a little intro before we kind of jump into things? Tell people where they can find you on social media. Tell them what you're all about. Sounds good. Um, so yeah, my name is Dana Maternick. Um, I have always had a very athletic background um, and competed in bodybuilding, powerlifting. I used to be a competitive dancer, um, but about three years ago, I decided that that was going to be my last bodybuilding competition. Um, my mindset was not in a great place at all. And I really from there just started my own healing and recovery. And that kind of just brought me to the place that I am now, which I'm sure we're going to talk about all the in-betweens, but um, yeah, just being really focused on my mental health and making sure that I'm actually truly listening to what I need and my body. And making sure that my mind's right too. So yeah, now I am into um, body confidence coaching and mindset coaching for women who have struggled or are still struggling around body confidence and food because it's not worth struggling like that for your entire life. It's so not worth it. And there's so much more to life. And yeah, that's just kind of the message that I am spreading. So I share all that on my Instagram account. It's at the wellness gypsy with an I E for gypsy. Um, yeah, that's a little, little bit about me. Beautiful. That's sick. So when you started your, like your own personal healing, like how, how did you kind of get started on that? Like, what did that look like? Is it like reading books? Is it like going to see someone to talk to? What, what, what was that like? Yeah. So I, um, 
didn't really know there was a problem at first, like most people. Um, and I have always been very independent and very strong-willed and people could see that I was sick. Um, I was shrinking, my body was shrinking and people could see that. And I was just in such denial um, because especially being a part of the fitness industry, you are praised for being lean. You are praised for being very small and thin and looking muscular and quote unquote jacked and whatever. And I, I didn't really know that there was a problem. And also because I see myself every single day, like I looked normal to me. Um, but I was like 40 pounds underweight. Um, and I think probably like two months after my last show, I'm like, okay, maybe these people that are telling me that I need help are right. Um, you know, I, I just wasn't doing, I wasn't in a good headspace. And so I, I was doing a bit of reading because of, of course, like being super independent and very strong willed. Like I just wanted to fix myself like everyone else. And I tried, but reality is sometimes you just need to reach out to someone who can actually help you because when you're stuck in your own head and you're stuck in your own mind, your whole perception of everything is so distorted. So yeah, I think really just acknowledging for myself that I needed to reach out and like surrendering to that and being okay with not being able to fix myself. Like that's kind of where it all started. And I reached out to a counselor and yeah, that really just started the healing for me. That's awesome. That's awesome. Actually, you know, I feel like it's something that's, it's gotta be more common than what we hear about because I actually struggle with a pretty similar, I don't know if it happened the same way and I don't think it happened like as drastically, but I had a pretty similar like kind of issue with the relationship with food after doing, I only did one show mm -hmm. and uh, just like kind of yo-yoing in preparation for that, like kind of eating a ton and then eating nothing and then eating a ton to try and get bigger and then just kind of switching all the time. After I had competed, I started eating a ton more again. And then it got to a point where I just couldn't eat anymore. I literally just felt sick every time I ate. So I stopped eating. I went from like probably six meals a day to maybe like one, if that. And I lost like 50 pounds in about a month and a half, two months. Mm -hmm. but I was kind of sitting at a really heavy weight to begin with. So I, I ended up like being all right and healthy, but I did have like one or two buddies that I saw every single day at work. And, you know, they were the guys that were like, dude, are you all right? Like, are you like, cause you kind of look like a little bit thinner. Like, are you okay? Like, mm -hmm. and they were like offering it, you know, like, let's go for lunch. Like, let's go. They were, you know, and it was, it was just kind of something I, I didn't even realize it was an issue. Kind of like you said, like I didn't even think about it. I wasn't conscientious of it. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing. Those two extremes are, are so common. Like even in between that, when I was struggling with binge eating, it's like, but you have to bulk to build muscle. So like that's accepted as well. Like mm -hmm. both sides are so accepted in the fitness industry that it's like, how can you actually make good decisions for yourself and your body when there's all these external People, external things really just telling you that it's okay this is just part of the process <laughs> like that's just so messed up yeah I think that it's kind of an industry 
it's kind of yeah it's kind of an industry that like extremities are kind of like the end all and be all like it's kind of paramount Mm -hmm. to always be in some sort of an extremity like kind of everyone prides themselves on like oh you know I haven't slept in three days because all I do is meal prep and then I go to work and then I go and work out and nothing stops me and no days off and I like you know like you know like it's just like everything is so extreme Mm -hmm. like dude you're either in it or you're not yeah there's no in between Mm -hmm. yeah and it's like definitely for you know like a specific type of person like I think that you have to be like mentally dialed to to kind of have that intensity in your life like I don't think that just anyone can do it that's why it's kind of so impressive because I've done it now and I know that like mentally I can't do that like I Mm -hmm. can't do it so Mm -hmm. it's so it's, it's kind of more impressive to me now well, it's crazy too. Like I, I did six shows and I did that th- within three years. So it was pretty much back to back and I didn't notice there was any issues. Like there were certain like little things like, you know, everyone talks about binging on peanut butter and like random stuff like that. And like, mm-hmm. there was like little things like that, but it didn't really register in my head that that was a problem. And it wasn't until the last show that I'm like, oh my gosh, my mind is so messed up right now. Like, weighing on my food like who does that like this is not how normal people live mm-hmm. and it's just it's crazy that I did it for that long like it still blows my mind that I did it for that long yeah there's certain parts of it where you know, like elements of it have carried on into the like my, the rest of my life like kind of where I could think back and be like oh I did this then so I can do it now and it kind mm-hmm. of like certain things like just kind of you know like we were kind of saying earlier like you know, being, if you haven't eaten in the morning and being able to move, like you kind of think of the times like, oh, I've moved on low fuel before. Like it's mm-hmm. fine. But mm-hmm. then there's certain things where it's like, I couldn't imagine doing that again. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. there's no way. Like I just think that, you know, I think that the way that I was doing it wasn't healthy. Cause kind of like you were saying, like, I remember I had one cheat meal like every week at one point. And every single time I would go to McDonald's and get four junior chickens, two large fries and a large root beer, like not even like everything that you can fit in your stomach and more because way too much. Well, like way too much. And not just that, but it's like, you shouldn't be having that. Like no human should be eating that. (laughs) No one should be eating. I'm like, I'm not a nutritionist. I shouldn't give nutritional advice to be fair, but I just don't think that people need to be eating that. And that's what I did to myself every week. Like, it's kind of like, I feel like, A, I didn't do it properly. And B, I just don't think I'm like set up for that specifically. Mm -hmm. I just like, I think that you have to be kind of like made to do something like that. Like to be an Olympian or to be like, you know, a pro athlete. Like you kind of just like have to be a little bit like genetically set up for it. Like you have, you know, not Mm -hmm. just like physically, but mentally as well. Mm -hmm. I was thinking like the other day I was on my Instagram. I was like, you can literally train your mind to do anything, even the bad, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what I did when I was competing. It's like, I didn't really see there was a problem. I didn't think like, I didn't even feel exhausted half the time because it was just like total tunnel vision mode, you know, even after my last show and I was running like literally a half marathon a day on like no food. And I did it because I had to do it. And I didn't even feel like, 
like that was just what I had to do. And I didn't even think otherwise, mm-hmm. you know, like you, I, that's, that's, what's crazy about competing is like, it is total tunnel vision and you, you just do what you have to do. And that's where it's kind of like a slippery slope. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But the one thing that kind of, I do hold kind of valuable to myself, like this is something that I always kind of think about and laugh is like, I think back and I'm like, man, you did all of that work and like nothing, nothing. No, like, I mean, you get like a little medal. Cool. Like I, I didn't come high enough to get a trophy. I got a little medal and it's like, you know, nobody paid you for that. Nobody cares. Nobody like, you know, it's not like anyone's ever going to think, Hey, Oh, Mark did a great job when he did that. You know, like <laughs> yeah. no, nobody cares. Nobody pays you. Like, it's just something you do, like, just for you, mm-hmm. you know? Like, it's, like, because... It's like, an expensive so hobby. People, yeah, and, well, more than a hobby. Like, it's, like, kind of, like, you know, I think about it all the time when I have to do things for money, like, for work. So, this is kind of something that I was going to say earlier, before we started recording. But I can always think to myself, like, dude, you're doing this for money this time. Like, mm-hmm. you did so many things that you didn't want to do for nothing. Mm-hmm. this time you're actually going to get paid for it and you're going to complain. Like that's kind of the way I can trick myself sometimes to kind of push yeah. through that because, you know, I'm kind of similar to you. Like we were kind of talking about just before we recorded. Uh, like I don't really like working for people sometimes. Like I kind of just like to, you know, even if I'm going to put in the same amount of hours, mm-hmm. I like to have the autonomy to choose which hours they are. You know, mm-hmm. if I want to take like a break or for an hour or two in the middle of my day and like stretch or go for a bike ride or for a workout, then I want to be able to do that. Like, I don't like, you know, I don't mind working the hours. I just want to have the autonomy of it. So Mm -hmm. sometimes that's kind of, yeah. So that's kind of sometimes how I can push through sometimes. It's like, I think like, you know, you did all that before and you weren't even getting paid for it. And like now you're being paid to work hard. So it's like, you might as well just like soak it up, like get as much as you can out of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. totally so when did you start working for yourself um well (laughs) it's been on and off for um a while like I I got into fitness coaching when I was into the fitnessing before I even competed um and competing just takes a lot of time it really does you know all the hours in the gym honestly, everything just, the day just seems to go so fast and time just like flies. And I was also getting obviously low on energy because I was low on food and I just, my brain just wasn't fully functioning that I ended up taking a step back from that. But I went back and forth quite a bit. Um, and then, yeah, after my last show, when things just kind of went downhill, I, I just said, you know what, I can't do this. I can't help people if I can't even be okay myself. If I'm struggling so much, there's no way I can help anybody. But that was kind of also my driving factor to healing, I guess, because as I started to open up on my Instagram at the time, I realized how many people were going through the exact same things. And me opening up was also helping other people because I don't even, I can't even count the times where I had women and actually men message me and be like, oh my gosh, I am struggling with the exact same thing right now. And it like really made me realize that, yeah, no one's alone in this. And there's a lot of people out there that need help, that need to 
focus on their mindset, focus on their mental health so they can heal. And that kind of like pushed me um, into recovery. And then from there, I was kind of like in my head, I'm like, okay, I need to heal myself so I can help all these people. And, and that's exactly what I want to do. So it was kind of like an on and off journey. And honestly, probably not until the beginning of 2019, I actually felt like I was ready to do that. Um, but I think the time in my life just wasn't great for that. I was traveling that year and it just, there's lots of stuff going on. So the one good thing that has come out of COVID <laughs> is that it has really pushed me into doing what I actually want to do and creating the life that I want to create for myself and helping people create freedom in their life and help them learn to love their body and feel confident in their life and be free. So yeah, it's only been, I guess, probably since the beginning of this year that I was like really, really focusing on it. Um, although it was definitely in my head for a really long time and I finally just took the action to do it. So. All right. So yeah. for, so for like someone that, you know, doesn't really understand like what you, what you kind of like do, like what, like, what does that process look like? Are you walking someone through like kind of like a fitness routine? Or are you kind of like helping them just kind of create like habits or, or like, what does that look like? Yeah. So when it comes to like body confidence and like, it really all comes down to mindset. So, um, mainly what I do is I've created a program. Um, it's a 12 week program and it's really just focusing on all the different components of mindset, whether that is limiting beliefs or shadow work or focusing on the ego and understanding the ego. It's really about peeling back all the layers because oftentimes these mental health issues stem from something years and years ago, even your childhood or young adult years or wherever you are in your life, it's probably come from quite a few years ago. And the only way that you can fully heal and continue to be in a positive mindset, because it's easy to just cover things up and put a mask on or a bandaid or whatever, and like create a temporary fix. Um, but the only way to fully heal forever and like long lasting is to pick, peel back all the layers and heal from the deepest roots. So that's really what the program focuses on. It's really just about understanding the underlying issues and really understanding the whys behind the actions that you're doing. Um, so you can work through them and heal from them. Mm -hmm. So like, if that's like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to kind of like get you to start giving away all your secrets or anything like that. But like, say like, say for someone that, you know, doesn't really know what it is that's bothering them. Like, how could they start to maybe like, just take a peek under the rug, like just take like a, like, just get a hint of what it could be. Yeah, I think it really starts with the way that you see yourself. So, um, and the way that you talk to yourself. So really just getting aware with the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you see yourself, for instance, you know, if you're looking in the mirror and you're saying, I look fat or I feel fat, you know, like fat isn't a feeling. What do you actually feel? Right. And understanding the feeling that you're is actually behind the action, understanding the feeling behind your thoughts. You, that's like the easiest way to do it. And no, it's not hard because we want to block out those feelings because they're uncomfortable and they're painful. Um, but that's the only way is really just opening your heart and surrendering to 
whatever it is that is really hurting you right now so you can heal from it. That's so, that's so insane. I've never heard like someone explain it like that because not that I look in the mirror every single day. Like I'm kind of blessed. I don't look in the mirror and say that to myself every single day, but there is definitely like everyone has something that, you know, they look in the mirror and they absolutely like just hate about themselves. Mm -hmm. And you know, like I think I've never heard someone say like, you don't feel fat. Like fat is not a feeling. Mm-hmm. like I've never heard that before that's actually really cool I've never heard that because you always hear things about like self-talk and I've never heard it I've just never heard it explained like that before that's yeah that's cool. there's a there's a lot of words that people use as like a feeling um mm-hmm. that aren't really a feeling it's just how you feel or it's just how you are seeing yourself in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not a feeling, you know, like you don't hear people saying, I feel fat, like thinking that like, what is, what's fat? What does that feel like? Right. Yeah. So, you know, actually understanding that, like understanding what that feels like is the actual, how you yeah, feel. Like fat's like a tissue. It's not, <laughs> exactly. it's not an emotion. You don't feel like, <laughs> you don't feel like tissue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's yeah, too exactly. funny, man. I have actually, yeah, I've never heard that before. I think that, you know, like another common one that I deal with all the time, and this is something that, you know, I I tell myself, you know, I don't believe it, but maybe probably like a small part of me does, but I just say it out of habit. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll like, I'll literally say it all the time. I'll be like, you know, like, I'm, oh, I'm such an idiot. Oh, I'm such an idiot. Such mm-hmm. an idiot. Oh God, sorry, such an idiot, man. Like mm-hmm. I'll say that so often. And then sometimes people will catch me and they'll be like, dude, don't say that about yourself. And I'm yeah, like, yeah, no, I like wouldn't. Uh, yeah. You know, like I'll be like, oh no, I wouldn't. I'm not an idiot. And then <laughs> and then I do it again and again. Yeah. Yeah. And it just kind of pops up. It's kind of it really is just a habit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things that you just you're saying it subconsciously. You're not, you don't really, you aren't aware of it. You don't have the awareness there. You're just kind of saying it, but you know Mm -hmm. how you actually feel about yourself. Right. And like these words just kind of come up, but it'd be interesting to like kind of work back from that and see if there's something underlying of why you say these things to yourself. You know, I'm going to have to crack that journal open after this. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. There's got to be something there. That's cool. I'm ha- I'm happy. This all right. We're like what, twenty minutes in now. I've already got a clean takeaway right there. This is perfect. <laughs> We're off to a good start. So yeah, yeah. so since you started working for yourself, you said earlier you're like I couldn't see myself working for someone again. Like mm-hmm. kind of explain to me like why like what benefits have you kind of seen from working for yourself, and like were they benefits that you already knew about before you were working for yourself like while you were working as an employee for someone else did you already know that these were going to be sick you were like oh yeah I'm gonna love this this and this or were they like hidden benefits that you found afterward um well as far as working for someone I haven't really worked like a career um I guess so technically I'm also a hairdresser I used to do hairdressing and so I have worked in two salons as a hairdresser before um But the last job I had before I went traveling last year, I was just managing a tanning salon. So it's like, it's not a career, right? Mm. Um, And something that's a really, really huge 
part of my life is freedom in general, freedom to move, freedom to hop around, freedom to book a flight and go anywhere kind of thing. Like I, I definitely have a, I'm definitely a free spirit. If people who know me well are like, yeah, you're such a free spirit. Like I, I just like to fly by the seat of my pants and have that freedom to do so. And it's not that working for the employees that I've worked with was a bad experience, but I'm also like living someone else's dream. And to me, there's no point in, in doing that anymore. You know, this year for me personally, besides everything else that has happened in the world has been really, really challenging. And there is a, back in January, there was a family emergency and that kind of really opened my eyes to how short life can be. And just that you need to do this right now. Like this is, this is your time girl. Like just do it. Like, what do you have to lose? And that's the thing. Mm. It's like, I'm, I'm known to have this shiny object syndrome where I pick up a million things because I have all these ideas in my head and I'm constantly like, Oh my gosh, this is, this would be such a cool thing. Like I should do this too. And so like I start all these mini projects, but of course you can't actually keep up with a million different projects. And so, you know, things get hard and then I step back from that one and then things get hard and then I step back from that one and then maybe pick up, I pick up another one or whatever it is, but I never end up getting accomplished with anything because I just have all these like half bridges built and Mm -hmm. you know, that's it. So I'm like, no, you're focusing on one thing, pick your thing, you're doing it now and you can always add to it, you know, all the other ideas that I have and continuously have, I write them down right away. I'm like, okay, this is something, I'll leave this in this book right now to pull out once I have this part of my life figured out, once I have, you know, been successful in this area, and then I'll work back and then I'll start adding things and, and doing stuff like that. But yeah, I guess like the main point of, <laughs> of this topic and this conversation was just the, the freedom aspect and being able to pick up and go wherever the heck I want. You know, mm-hmm. I love travel. I love freedom. I love not having any commitment to, let's say, a piece of land or a house mm-hmm. or an uh, employer, you know, whatever it is. Like, I don't want that commitment. I want to commit to myself because I know I have it in me. That's sick. That's sick. And so were you fearful at all? Like kind of like leaving the last job that you had, were you, or I guess like kind of the first time, cause you said it's been a little bit on and off. Like the first time you left a job and you're like, okay, I'm going to, you know, try and do this by myself. I don't want to have anyone kind of over top of me. Like, were you fearful at all? Or were you anxious about that? Um, so this is actually the first time that I've actually like, so before I had always still had my job and just did it on the side Okay. and just made it work and just, it was kind of like a side hustle, I guess. Um, Mm. but yeah, this was the first time in my life that I don't have a job with an employer and I'm just doing it by myself. Um, and the last job, like I quit just before I went traveling. So it wasn't to do with the, the job. It was just. I want to live my life. I want to hop on a plane and go travel. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So like, were you, so I guess like when you left, you know, your last job and you were kind of like, okay, you went and traveled, but like kind of just doing it by yourself. Were you you kind of like, 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 do you get anxious about that? Like, Oh yeah. (laughs) I think, I think more so now though. Um, Mm -hmm. And actually I was, I was talking to this, so I have a business coach and I was talking to her about this. And I think 
I wouldn't, I don't know if I would consider it fear. Like I'm, I'm not really afraid of like failing if that's, Mm -hmm. if that's what you mean. I don't really have fear there, but it's more like just a really big sense of overwhelm. Um, and yeah, just like a really big sense of overwhelm and like just knowing that I'm going through this massive shift and this massive like up level of my life kind of thing. And like with that, like that's change, right? And with change, there is always going to be fears because it's kind of going into the unknown. But I kind of keep reminding myself that as an entrepreneur, you you are already stepping outside of the box. You know, you are already facing that fear that a lot of people won't face. Um, and if if I've already done that, you know, I can be successful. I can get past whatever other fears and barriers I, I feel. So yeah, I'm just kind of like lots of meditating and talking myself through it and like just trying to, you know, zen out sometimes and, and really listening to myself, like when I'm, when I'm doing work and really listening to myself. And if I don't have it in me to be working, then allowing that space and setting those boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I was just listening to someone yesterday. I, I can't remember who it was on this podcast, but they were just talking about basically, you know, like once they started working for themselves, one of their biggest fears was, you know, like they have to produce, they have to, they have mm-hmm. to make stuff all the time. They have to, you know, this guy was, uh, he makes podcasts or whatever. So he's making like content. Right. And he's like, you know, I have to, you know, always be writing things. And mm-hmm one of the only differences between being a writer for myself and being a writer for another company is just like being able to like the difference is, is who's saying when to stop. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, do you stop, you know, at five o'clock? Do you, you, do you start again after dinner, maybe before bed? And then like, you know, like who's saying when you do it. Right. And that's like kind of the only difference he found. Yeah. Yeah. I would say definitely having those time boundaries is really, really important because otherwise like I could work all day. I really could. I could sit on my laptop all day. Like, and I have done it. And then the next day I'm feeling like crap because I'm mentally drained. I'm mentally exhausted and I feel burnt out. So I've kind of like, I've really just had to figure it out as I go and, um, get real with myself about, you know, actually needing that time off because it's okay. You know, who, who creates this, like no one has a checklist for what you have to do as an entrepreneur. You create that yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really, that was a a, actually somewhat of a fear, I guess for me is like, but that's not what other people are doing. And I think I, there was a little bit of comparison there, even though Mm -hmm. I don't even know what their program looks like. I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. Like, I don't know any of that, but just like, I think in my head, exactly. And in my head, I have this idea of like, they probably follow this exact checklist to build their program and to do all this stuff. And like, they obviously know because they have like X amount of followers or X amount of people that comment on their stuff. Like who creates these rules? We create those rules, you know, like no one else is in charge of that. And yeah, you just have to remind yourself, like you're in charge of your life now, you know, you don't have to listen to anybody. You can work two hours a day. You could work 10 hours a day, like do what serves you best and do what feels best. But ultimately at the end of the day, you're the one who's in charge of your own life. If you're running your own business. Yeah. And especially with like programs, like, especially like 
especially a program like that, because I'm thinking like, just in terms of like, you know, if you were making like a simple, let's say like a simple program would be like, you know, like 10 pounds of weight loss. Like that would be like a simple program to make for someone. But I feel like yeah. doing like what you do is a little bit more in depth. Right. But yeah, let's just right. say like for argument's sake, you're just making a program for like 10 pounds of weight loss, 15 pounds of weight loss. Like it, you don't know what your competitor's program looks like in terms of, you know, are they, is it something that they just like read? Is there mm -hmm. something that they get to connect with you on video so you can see how they do it? The exercises, is it something mm -hmm. that they touch on nutrition with? Is this something that they're going to be able to use like tools from it later on after the program's done? Mm -hmm. And that's just like with a simple goal, mm -hmm. you know, like there's no way to tell what someone else's product is unless you like buy it, a, for get it for yourself. Yeah. Or B speak with them and trust them what they say. Yeah. Right. Like there's no real way to know. And then the other thing I was going to say is, you know, like price point as well. Like you mm -hmm. could be at a different price point, which could have like a completely different targeted demographic. Like if you're mm -hmm. off, and that's like actually, yeah, that's actually something I found a little bit intimidating is because talking to different business coaches and like different people and seeing what people charge for their services and stuff like that. And I'm like, in my head, I know this is also lots of stuff that I personally still have to work through, like a lot of money mindset stuff that I just never even thought I needed to work through. Um, but you know, seeing people in like a basic 12 week program for two grand, like I personally, I don't know any time that I've actually had the money to spend two grand flat out on a program. Like that's mm -hmm. a lot of money to throw out or not mm -hmm. throw out, but like to put towards something that like, that's an investment, you know, mm -hmm. especially if you are younger as well, you know, mm -hmm. you probably not, I don't want to like put people in categories, but there's a good chance you're probably not making as much because you haven't been working for as long or you're just starting a new career or whatever. Like that's a lot of money. And that was a huge thing that, yeah, I'm still working through is like understanding really truly seeing my value in my services. And deep down, I know how much work that I put in. I put on, put in a lot of freaking work. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I really make sure that it's detailed. I make sure that what I provide for people is going to give them results because otherwise, what does that say about me? Right? Like mm -hmm. I want to give them the best experience so they have a good, you know, so they can give me some good feedback and I want to know that it's actually helped them in their life. Mm -hmm. And so it's just like actually understanding your value and not looking at what other people are charging because you know, anyone can put a number on anything. You could literally charge mm -hmm. anything. And if you have that authority, and people trust you for what you do and see your value, they'll still buy it. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they'll still buy it. So mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's an interesting um, kind of field going into in the sense that like when I was fitness coaching, like, and I know lots of other fitness coaches that I've talked to, people don't charge a lot for programs at all. People don't really charge enough in my opinion, now that I'm at this place that I'm at now and see, mm -hmm you know, the actual time and effort and value that you're providing for that person. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, the only time I could say I could relate was, you know, I, w when I worked at a gym, I ended up going to a different location and that location was at a much higher price point. 
Mm-hmm. And so I was selling gym memberships to people for about 150 bucks a month with like a good $300 joining fee. And so like, That's a lot. yeah. And so I kind of had a similar struggle because I like, you know, for someone that would be like, you know, like later, like say like in their thirties, forties, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I was going to say later in life, but thirties really not that much older than I am at this point. Like it's only a few more years. Right. So I got to say, like, someone that's in, like, their 30s, 40s, I would be like, all right, yeah, like, if this person loves fitness, they could they could probably, like, definitely afford this, and they'll, like, and they'll invest because they'll like it. Mm-hmm. And then whenever someone that would be, like, you know, either, like, 18 to, say, like, 25 range, mm-hmm. I would be like, dude, this is Vancouver. Rent's <laughs> already expensive. Like, who's got an extra 150 a month? And then who's going to spend that on a gym? Yeah. It's like, this isn't a necessity, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Even though I, I like considered it to be at the time because I only knew exercise in a gym really. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, it's not a necessity. So I just didn't like, it didn't cross my mind that these people would actually spend the money for it. And yeah. then so many people did. Like yeah. it kind of blew my mind. Like the first few people that, you know, ended up joining I was actually kind of like astonished. I was like, whoa, okay, sweet. Like, that's kind of cool. And then like, that's kind of how I realized, like if someone perceives the value to be there, it's Mm -hmm. there. Like Mm -hmm. it's there. They're going to get out of it what they want most of the time. Right. Like if you get a program, even like I said, like, like, like if it's like a simple one, like say like a 10 pound weight loss and you're like, Hey, this is not going to work for me. This is going to be garbage. I'm not going to get anything out of it. Mm-hmm. you're not going to get anything out of it you're not going to follow things you're not going to be disciplined mm-hmm. like but if you believe it and you follow it to a t and you're kind of even like adding a little bit extra to it like maybe extra cardio or whatever it is you're going to get to your goal most likely right like yeah it's kind of like that perceived value kind of adds to it even if it is like a placebo Yeah. And it it comes down to confidence too, like in the way that you're talking, presenting the offer to these people, right? Mm -hmm. Like if if you're like, well, I would never spend this. Like I, why would I even offer it to them? Well, like no, people are going to read that. Right. Mm -hmm. But if you actually see that there are going to be people that would see the value in it and you present it to those people and you know, you know, the right people will come to you Mm -hmm. and they'll see the value in it. And if you're confident in explaining the value explaining the benefits and the benefits of the benefits like people are going to buy it Mm -hmm. it's just how it works yeah yeah and so that's sick so your program's not two thousand dollars a month it's a 12-week program right (laughs) no (laughs) okay sweet sweet so some people are probably going to be a bit more interested now but um (laughs) that's sick. maybe someday maybe someday (laughs) yeah yeah, maybe that'd be sweet. If you're like, I don't know, I don't know who you'd have to be doing them for, or what your program would have to entail, but two thousand dollars for twelve weeks. Yeah, that's sick, dude. That's <laughs> sick. I wish I could do that. That's so sweet. How long have you kind of been like? How long, if you don't mind me asking, like, how long have you been kind of working on like developing that program? I'm not asking like the price or anything like that, but just like out of curiosity, like, how long does that take to build? Yeah. Um... Honestly, like, so right now I'm working with beta clients for it. Um, so I'm working with three women. Um, 
at a more discounted price to really just get them get feedback really to hear out how um, they like it. And then I can also kind of recreate it because when I eventually do the, the full launch, you know, you want to make sure that it's all going smoothly and stuff. So um, yeah, it's been, I think for a while I didn't really feel like I had enough direction in what I wanted. And so um, when I started working with my business coach, I probably took like, like I was just making um, content for social media and the rest, I probably took like three weeks off of like anything else because I just was like so overwhelmed. Like even hiring a business coach, I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is such a big step. <laughs> you know, like it's, it's a huge step. And I think I was just really overwhelmed from that. Um, but yeah, I would say it's been like a month, less than a month of building um, but I already had a really, really solid idea. Like once I kind of allowed myself to just like calm down and once I got past like the overwhelm and stuff like that, like I already, I already had a solid idea in my head, even before hiring the business coach. Um, it was just filling in the little blanks. So, and exactly how I wanted to present it. If I wanted to use any platforms or if I wanted to do it as a course, like there's all these like other other variables and like for me personally like I also want to look at it as how can I make this the best value but also the least amount of work for me mm-hmm. so I can work with more people and still Scale. provide the exact same value yeah exactly but not work as much or not constantly be not constantly be busy with mm-hmm. with that you know so that's kind of also been um, that's really just part of the process is really just figuring out exactly how I want to present it and what, and also really understanding my time as a huge value as well mm-hmm. and being true to myself and how much time I actually want to provide to people and how much time I want to be available to people. Because just like anything, like if you're always giving and giving, you're not going to feel satisfied in the end. And it's just like you're doing all this work for nothing is what it feels like because you're Mm -hmm. always going to be burnt out. Your cup's going to be half empty or fully empty. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to make sure that your needs are hundred percent met and then you can give and you can help and you can serve. Yeah. I think there's like a proverb or a saying, I can't remember what it is, but like basically you got to take care of yourself to take care of others. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's wild. So when you're making this program, what do you say like kind of influences it more? Cause you said you did like a little bit of reading on, you know, like your own personal healing, but you were also kind of speaking to someone as, as well for guidance mm-hmm. at the time. Like what kind of influenced like kind of the creation of your program to heal people more? Was it like kind of stuff you read on your own or was it kind of more advice that you were given from, you know, whoever you were speaking with? Yeah. So, um, I really kind of created a timeline for my own personal healing and like all, everything that I did. Um, so aside, like I mentioned at the beginning, like at first I went to a counselor um, and then I ended up going to an NLP because counseling, like for me, counseling doesn't work. Counseling is like talking to a wall. That's how I feel. <laughs> you know, you know, there's no, there's no emotion or connection and I needed that. Um, and so I started working with an NLP, um, which is like a neuro linguistic programming, um, 
coach, I guess. And that basically, if you don't know what, what an NLP is. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Okay. Um, so it's basically, um, basically works at reprogramming your thoughts and your, your thought patterns. Um, so it's, it's a form of counseling, I guess, but it's a lot more personable for sure. Um, and that was, that was pretty helpful. I got a lot of tools there. Um, and I started like kind of healing myself from there a little bit. Um, that was probably around like maybe October, 2017 ish. Um, and then I guess things started going a little bit more downhill in, I had applied for a program, an eating disorder program, a group program. And, um, that started in January. So that was a nine week program. And I think like, truthfully, I think I just needed a group of a bunch of other people that were also struggling with the same thing. Like, I think that was the biggest thing for me is just getting that connection with other people that understood and got it. Or like, I, I knew that they got it because they were going through it too. Whereas like, you know, there are lots of people that say they get it, but like, they don't really know necessarily if they haven't mm -hmm. been through it. Mm -hmm. um, and from there, after that program, after that nine weeks, I was in like a much better headspace, and I pretty much did my own work from there. Um, and we did get a lot of tools and a lot of resources, but for the most part, it was just tuning in with myself because I was so disconnected from, I was so disconnected from myself because I was so used to just like roboting through life. Mm -hmm. I was so used to just being a robot and like doing what I had to do or what I thought I had to do or doing things based on what I thought other people might think. And I just wasn't living true to myself. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really the biggest thing was just like accepting that I already have the answers in me. I already have everything that I need to know inside. And I just wasn't giving myself the trust to see that. So after this program, it really kind of opened my eyes to that. And I realized that I already, I know what I have to do. I just have to listen to myself because I wasn't doing that. Mm -hmm. um, I was doing lots of reading. I was listening to podcasts, but yeah, the biggest thing was tuning into myself and what I actually needed and being true to that. Um, so yeah, like when I was creating the program, it was really about looking back at my, my entire healing and asking myself like, what did I need and what are the steps that I took to get there and like kind of creating a timeline. Um, but also I was connecting with a lot of people on social media that were um, struggling with body image. And I also just asked what, what they struggle with. Right. Cause that's another thing is you have to connect with your audience. And I really just said like who struggles with body image kind of thing. Like you do these polls on Instagram or whatever, and mm -hmm. then you, you send yeah. me a message and you ask if you can ask more questions. And I did a lot of market research that way um, because that's really the best way to do it is to know what people are struggling with. And mm -hmm. I've used so many different tools and I know that they don't all work for everybody, you know, because people are different learners. People are different. You know, some people really understand the visuals and understand like this is what is going on in your brain. You have it on mm -hmm. a piece of paper. Right. And some people are like, not visual at all and they need to have writing and they need to or they need to have video or they need to like everyone learns differently mm -hmm. and so it was really just connecting with my audience and yeah really asking them what it is that they struggle with and understanding how I could help them yeah yeah it's interesting to see the way that you know different people can kind of consume information and have it like actually click 
because mm -hmm. you know there's so many times where like say like you read something like say okay like for myself like i learn well from like hearing and speaking mm -hmm. so like if i if i hear something and i have to remember it then i'll say it to myself mm -hmm. or things like that right so like i don't know how many times i've read something and then i walk away and i completely forgot it you know yeah. and and then sometimes you hear it in a certain way like kind of like earlier with like the whole like you don't feel fat fat's not a feeling like sometimes there's just like ways you can hear it and it just like something flicks you know mm -hmm. like you kind of like instantly understand it so it's kind of cool that yeah i think you're right there like there's so many different ways that people can kind of you know like consume it and so yeah that's weird but what i wanted to go back to i'm trying to remember what it was that I was kind of stuck on for a second there um the first one was with the N N N P L NLP NLP yeah so with the NLP is that kind of like so do they work like similar to like cognitive behavioral therapy like is that similar to what it is um yes i think so okay. <laughs> um yeah it's it's basically like reprogramming yeah re I, I don't like actually, your thought patterns like your thought yeah reprogramming thought patterns and stuff like that based on your actions because really um our thoughts come from um like we have all these thoughts and we don't actually like the thoughts come up and then there's an emotion but we also don't remember the starting like what happened before the thought right so it's understanding mm -hmm. that first part of what happened before the thought that moment be just the second before the thought and then understanding the thought and then the feeling that that thought brought mm -hmm. right so that's really what nlp is about it's it's kind of backtracking all this all your thought processes and understanding where they actually stem from mm -hmm. yeah and so yeah cognitive behavioral therapy is kind of similar like i remember the first page this is like the one thing that kind of stuck out to me the most was it would like it kind of like it was more about like your perceptions of things like news or say like with the example that i remember the most from like the front page of the information booklet was you know like say like your friend calls you or texts you and they say you know i know we have plans tonight but i won't be able to make it that's it mm -hmm. like the first thing is like did i do something wrong like for me you know like mm -hmm. i'm like did i do something wrong is everything okay like you know like maybe i messed up maybe i made someone else mad and they spoke with them or like maybe he's hurt maybe yeah. like something's wrong like something's wrong and then they're just yeah. like oh no i just worked a long day and i just had to sleep and uh or like maybe they're like oh yeah like i was actually just going to the mall to get you a present or something mm -hmm. like that like you know you never actually know but mm -hmm. you just like assume and then it instantly makes you feel a certain way so yeah, exactly. And so that's, that's, that's a thought. And then like you, it's finding the feeling behind the thought. So what made you feel that? Like, why did you think that thought, mm -hmm. but also understanding the before of that thought. So the before is not even him canceling or them canceling, right? There's something before that, that you have to figure out. And it's like connecting all those dots, which mm -hmm. is hard because it's like these tiny, tiny little experiences that we do so not like we do so unconsciously they're mm -hmm. just like part of our actions right but yeah there's always something in between 
Yeah, after doing that, I always kind of looked back to all the times that people would tell me things and then I would believe it. Mm-hmm. And then I think about, you know, like how many times did that person just assume something and then told me and I believed it? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even like trust my own assumptions now because I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a second, Mark, is this actually true? Like, okay, no, it's probably not probable. Like, let's just cross it off and like see what happens. How about that? Let's just see what happens, right? Like, you don't have to predict everything sometimes. Like, how about you just see what happens? Yeah, so, like, I I think back and I, like, sometimes when people tell me things, I'm like, maybe that person just assumed that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think, too, oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes there's also some form of judgment from yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. There, so if you don't, if you aren't questioning, it's like you're judging yourself for not questioning. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like a loop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like I'm pretty skeptical as is. So like, if I don't question it, there's something wrong. But I, I actually, it just hit me. I just remembered <laughs> what I was going to ask. Okay, perfect. So you said that you kind of, kind of lost yourself, or you were feeling like really robotic. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's something that like I commonly hear about. I felt like that so many times and I still kind of feel like that some days, to be honest, mm-hmm. like you're just kind of, you know, especially like for me, like right now I'm kind of, you know, saving up a little bit more. And so, you know, I'm working day jobs. And so you wake up for work and you go to work and then you have to be there for eight hours. And you're just kind of thinking like, dude, I want to be a not working for someone else be working on my own thing that I want to work on, but I know I have to make money right now. Like, so sometimes you just kind of feel robotic because it's like, okay, like my brain just shuts off sometimes at work because I'm like, okay, I'm just making my money and that's that. Like, I just have to kind of do this for now. And, and you know, like I gotta do. Yeah, exactly. And so like you kind of, you know, obviously I'm going to say like, I have a personal bias because this is something that I'm doing right now. I think that it is like, I think go for it, work and kind of, you know, make your money and you stack your chips while you can. And then mm-hmm. if that's what it takes to start your own thing, then do it. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of the way I look at it, but it's so weird. Sometimes it's such a, it is such a like kind of detached feeling sometimes because you are just kind of stuck in the rhythm and you are just kind of robotic and <clears throat> excuse me, not that you're not doing things that you don't like, like I obviously chose a job that I enjoy, but mm-hmm. yeah, it is tough. Cause sometimes I do feel kind of robotic and I feel like so many people I know I've spoken to and they're just kind of feeling the same way. They're just stuck in a routine. Mm-hmm. Like what, like, do, do you think that you have to work by yourself? Do you think that you have to be self-employed to kind of escape that? Do you think that there's a way to kind of not feel like a routine if you work for someone else? Yeah, I think it really just comes down to your mindset. I don't think it's about working for someone or not working for someone. Mm. I think it's just really about being present in your day to day. Like you're, you're quote unquote roboting through life because you're not being fully present with what you're doing in every single action. Cause how many times, like, do, are you fully aware of everything that you're doing throughout the day? Probably not. You know, most people aren't because most people don't have that awareness. Um, so it's really just seeing and understanding like, okay, first of all, understanding why you're doing it. Um, 
and just knowing that, you know, like you just have to be aware of your surroundings and be present every single day and you aren't going to feel like a robot anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, like with that meditation is really helpful or breath work or like lots of forms of mindfulness, like just being mindful in general. Um, same thing goes with eating, you know, like I used to eat on a time schedule pretty much. Right. You know, I would have my first meal at six and then my next at nine and then my next at 12. And like, it was pretty much the same every single day, but in doing so, that's me being a robot because in doing so I'm not actually listening to my body. Maybe I'm not hungry, but my body's just like programmed to eat at that time now mm-hmm. and I'm doing it anyways. Right. Mm-hmm. So the only way to actually get out of that is to trust yourself and can, and create that awareness mm-hmm. for everything that you're doing. Cause if you're not actually creating that awareness, like you're just going to continue doing the same actions and how are those actions actually serving you? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like kind of why you get the craving. I feel like Mm -hmm. as well, because it's one thing if you are kind of like you're, you're on a schedule and you're eating at certain times because you, you know, like maybe you're not hungry at that time, but perhaps like, you know, you have a huge window of time where you're not going to be able to eat. Like if you have to Mm -hmm. go to work, say, or if you're going to sleep and you have to eat, like I can kind of see there is sort of gray areas there, Mm -hmm. but I feel like, so like for myself, one struggle that I had a few months back, actually, like this is still pretty recent. It, I didn't really get it under control until like probably this month. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was like so addicted to sugar and not just like candy sugar, but like, I mean like fruits and like carbs, like just like all sugar, like all carbs, basically. Like mm-hmm. if I didn't eat carbs for like two, three hours, I would a get like physical, like I'd shake and I'd get like sweats mm-hmm. and B I'd be so irritable, so grumpy, so tired, man. Like I was such a jerk and like, I had so many people, like one of my best buddies all the time jokes about this with my parents mm-hmm. and he'll say like, dude's hungry. Like he needs to eat. He's getting <laughs> cranky. Like, Every couple hours, he'll he'll make that joke, and it's not even a joke. Like it became literal. Like yeah. it's like, oh, this guy's hungry, and then I he knew before I did. It's like, oh, I'm hungry. Yeah. And then that addiction got so bad that you know I would start eating when I wasn't hungry. Yeah. Like I would just be kind of like either bored or you know like get get like sidetracked because obviously you can't pay attention when you're like so addicted to sugar that way. You like can't pay attention to things so. I would find mm-hmm. myself eating random snacks like pretty much every hour. And it's like, dude, yeah. you're not even hungry. Like you're full. Why are yeah. you eating? Like, yeah. It's easy to get in that mindset. It really is. And I think part of that too, like if it, if you were just eating fruit, like there is probably some sort of um, blood sugar imbalance there too. And yeah. so you probably are still getting the, you might even still be getting like the hunger signals, like, stomach growls and stuff like that because your blood sugar is like spiking like Spiking, crazy yeah 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 um but i mean it is also easy to get addicted to sugar because it's it's one of those foods that's just made to be like that like why do you think obesity is such a problem like yeah these foods are once you start having them you crave them more and more and more and it's finding that balance and also making sure that like yeah you can have carbs carbs are super healthy for you but you just have to also balance out the other macronutrients and make sure that you're getting like a balanced plate of food. Yeah. I think that 
you know, it's not always just like, cause I, like when people say like a sugar addiction, they think, well, like at least I used to think of, you know, like sour cherry blasters, Candy. ice cream, <laughs> chocolate, you know, like all these different things. Yeah. But like, I think if I actually start to think back to it, like my nutrition was like, I'd like to say almost on point. Mm-hmm. And then it like somehow spiraled out of nowhere. And what I think it was, was, you know, I had it in my head that I was just eating clean carbs, you know, like I was just eating basically like fruits. Like I had a caveman, I wouldn't say caveman, but a very like rudimentary diet, like pretty much just like a meat, rice and broccoli, very little (laughs) other vegetables. A bro diet. (laughs) Yeah. Like very little other, even other vegetables. It was the only, I wouldn't eat leaves before. Until like maybe a month or two ago. Leaves. <laughs> leaves. I wouldn't eat like, yeah, I wouldn't eat spinach. I wouldn't eat lettuce. I wouldn't eat ca- oh like my anything gosh. <laughs> that was a leaf. I avoided. I hated the texture. I still hate it, but I make myself eat it now. But yeah, I literally every meal was meat and then rice and then like broccoli. Broccoli yeah. or cauliflower pretty much every time. But I feel like eating so much rice and quinoa and fruit so frequently like i was eating like every basically every two hours and then that's basically what my body demanded and so i did like at at some point i just stopped kind of you know caring what quality the carb was because you know i'm like dude i don't want to shake how about that like how about i don't want to be cold sweats at noon right Mm -hmm. like like so i would start jamming anything i'd be like okay two bananas all right, I'm still kind of jittery. And then, like, I would just have start having, you know, stupid things. Like, you know, a lot of candy. That's why I say sour cherry blasters. Stupid. stupid. They're addicting, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, like, it kind of, yeah, threw me through a loop. And then I, I started to realize I was watching a video and someone was explaining it. And they were they were explaining their friend doing it. They mm-hmm. were like, dude, can you give me some, like, sugar? Because... I like I I shake when I don't have sugar and then he said what he said to his friend which was you know an alcoholic shakes when they don't have alcohol right mm-hmm. and then I was like holy man. You right the bus. <laughs> yeah I was like oh man I didn't even realize it right like I didn't even realize it it kind of goes back to you know just being robotic with uh like every two hours I was like okay well we gotta have some sort of carb yeah, I was right. going to say, it comes down to awareness as well. It's like, okay, before you eat, are you actually hungry or are you filling a void? You know, it's really easy to emotional eat. It's when you're stressed. Or just when you're bored. Yeah, when you're bored, when you're stressed. But like when you're bored, there's another feeling behind that boredom, right? So you're feeling bored, but that makes you feel uncomfortable in some way and you want to fill that void. So what's that discomfort that you're feeling and where is that stemming from, right? So it's like understanding yeah, really understanding the feeling behind the feeling or the feeling behind the action behind the feeling, Mm -hmm. you know, that's nuts. So do you think that you could have been able to like kind of reprogram your thought process on that kind of thing? Do you think that you'd be able to find that awareness without, you know, kind of like reaching out and getting that help that you got? Um, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty determined person, so I'm sure I could have, um, although I would not be where I am now for sure. Mm-hmm. I think 
I think anyone has the ability to heal themselves, but I don't think that, you know, I already see it as like my life is already so valuable as it is. And my time is so valuable. And I was struggling for like, well, consciously struggling, I guess you could say for two years and two Mm -hmm. years is a long time for me. Like I see people who have struggled for 20 years, you know, Mm -hmm. 20 years of struggling. Like that's, that's a long time. And I was just like, I kind of just wanted to fast track it. And I had finally just said to myself, reach out. You need to just reach out because it really like people have this idea that it makes you super weak and like you're a failure if you can't fix yourself. And that's how I thought thought for such a long time. And that's why I didn't reach out for such a long time. But now looking back, I'm like, you know how much strength and courage it takes to reach out to someone for help Mm. to finally let go of the control that you are trying to have over yourself and actually ask for help. Like that takes more strength than anything. And that takes way more strength than being stuck in, in the place that you're at right now. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, of course, anyone, I think anyone can heal themselves, but it's definitely well worth your time mm-hmm. <laughs> to reach out and it doesn't make you weak. Yeah. hundred percent. So did you kind of struggle with the idea? I get you kind of answered, but like, did you, did you ever have like kind of like an internal conflict or did you kind of struggle with that idea of reaching out to someone or like, were you fearful of it at all? Like, was there anything that kind of held you back at all? Yeah, really just the fact that I was so, so certain I could heal myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but mind you, when I was saying these things to myself, when I was so certain, I was still doing the exact same behaviors um, that I was doing before. And like me healing myself was like not having a bad binge or mm-hmm. something like that when that's still a super disordered behavior. And I like looking back now, I just was never in the right mind to mm-hmm. actually heal myself because I just, I just wasn't, you know, like even when I first, um, when I first finished my last show and I was running half marathon a day like I was literally running 21 kilometers a day and then working out and like yeah I just it's insane I don't even know (laughs) I and I the thing is like I was like oh yeah like I'll reverse diet like you know everyone talks about reverse dieting slowly adding calories back in and so like yeah if I went for a run I would have like a little treat maybe but that didn't one Reese's Pieces cup or something like that not even like maybe a great (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like literally brutal yeah like oh ugh, man crazy <laughs> that was brutal and so damn it i forgot again now i could, this is gonna come back to me again <laughs> oh man i can't believe that that's so annoying i was just about to ask it too dang man Damn. about um uh uh I can't remember what it was. I don't know. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. My ADHD just poking through. Um, oh, I almost had it there. I almost had it there. Dang it. Oh, I know I can get this. I know I can get this. Give me like <laughs> 10 more seconds and then I'll start talking about something else. Uh, it'll come back to me. I'm gonna. I'm gonna drop it. I'm gonna drop. Okay. It. <laughs> so, 
with that, dang, now I'm completely stunned. Absolutely stunned. I'm like a deer in the headlights now. <laughs> That's good nice. So when you started kind of, you know, this, okay, now I remember. I remember a sweet. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Yes, that's the best. Okay, so when you started to reach out for help, like what, uh, like what was the kind of the thing that you know made you think to yourself? Because like for the longest time for myself, like when I had to reach out to go see a doctor in regards to my mental health, for the longest time, you know, I was like, is this a problem that's like big enough to speak to someone about, or is it in my head? Like, am I just going nuts right now? Because like, I've had a couple people tell me I should get help, but I didn't feel like I needed help. Like I couldn't see the destructive ways in my own patterns. Mm -hmm. Right. And so another thing that I kind of struggled with, it was every time I try and like help myself, I would, you know, make improvements, but it wasn't in the areas of my life that actually needed to be improved. So I ended up, you know, feeling like I was working super hard, but I wasn't getting any results. If anything, like I kind of said, is it kind of threw off other things in my life. Like when I was, you know, kind of struggling with my eating, it wasn't because of anything to do with my nutrition, really. It was the way that I was acting. It was kind of like the way I was treating, you know, myself, like my work. I wasn't sleeping well. I wasn't Mm -hmm. spending time with my family properly. Like there was just so many other like kind of pieces missing from the puzzle that it was like, no wonder you weren't eating properly. Mm -hmm. Like there's no wonder. Right. So for a long time, I struggled because I didn't know kind of if I should reach out, I had like kind of an internal conflict all the time. Like Mm -hmm. on bad days, I'd be like, okay, I need to go and see somebody and speak to them about this. And then on good days, I'd be like, dude, you're crazy for thinking that. Go call like, call your doctor and cancel the appointment. And it was like so flipping, like flipping, flopping. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to try and like start helping myself. And it didn't, like I wasn't working on the right areas. I was kind of, you know, blinded by my own ego. So I was like, oh, I can, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm good enough to fix myself. Like I can just fix this. Like, oh, mm-hmm. I can just fix this. Mm-hmm. And then I would you know, confuse myself thinking I was doing progress, but I wasn't. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I forgot because it was a big idea. (laughs) But that being said, what, like, what kind of, you know, like advice, like what, what could, what would you tell someone? Cause you know, like I find it hard to kind of voice this, like I kind of find it hard to put words to it. So like, mm-hmm. what, w- what would you say to someone that's kind of like kind of stuck in, I'd say like, that was like, I consider that part of my life purgatory. Like I was just yeah. stuck. I was just like stuck. It- I mean, I had a breaking point. Um, but like, that's not really. Yeah. Like, okay, so I had a breaking point probably like a few months after my last show um, after everyone was like telling me that I needed to help. And I was really, really frustrated with myself and the fact that I couldn't stop binging that I just could not stop binging. And then, you know, like you, like I literally Googled like how to stop binging. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. you know, this is just what I did. And, you know, it was like, well, remove the trigger foods. Well, everything was a trigger food, you know, like Mm -hmm. I would binge on freaking powder, protein powder, like, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And so 
yeah, I had a breaking point one day and I had a really, really bad binge the night before. And I went to the gym the next morning and I was sitting on the spin bike for four hours, bawling my eyes out because I was just sitting there. And in my head, I'm thinking like, okay, even though, so I wasn't even going to the like normal gym that I was going to that at that time because I had already gained some weight and I was just embarrassed to go to that gym. So I was going to a rec center and I was sitting on the spin bike and I was like bawling my eyes out because I'd been there for four hours. And then I like have my head down. I'm slowly walking to like the Stairmaster and then I hop on the Stairmaster for another hour and a half. And I like, I think I just like something clicked. I'm like, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Why am I here? Like, this is honestly so messed up. Why am I still here? And that was like a huge, like, obviously not everyone has a point in their journey like that. Um, although there is usually, you know, a bigger something that happens, you know, some people get rushed to the hospital. Some people, you know, like there's, there's something that happens. Um, and I wouldn't say that that's like, like there's any reason is a big reason to reach out. That was what sparked it for me. But any reason is a big reason to reach out. And if you are always thinking, like obsessively thinking about something, if you can't get something off your mind, like for instance, I could not stop thinking about food. I could not stop thinking about some cheat food or some treat or like something that I wasn't allowing myself. Mm -hmm. And I know like not everyone's mental health journey has to do with food. Um, But it's just really realizing what what is that crippling thought that you keep feeling why do you feel that you know or what what even is that you don't even have to know how how or why you feel that what is that that's the reason to get help if you're constantly thinking about the same thing if you're constantly reliving these same thoughts in your head over and over and over and they're painful you know like you're probably numbing with something and that's the time that you need to reach out and get help mm-hmm. um yeah, I don't know. Like my my mental health journey has always been extreme. Whereas I know some people, so I can't really speak for people that are maybe not uh, their mental health journey isn't as extreme because I just haven't really been in that place. But yeah, just like those intense crippling thoughts. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think that. Yeah, well, you know, to say. It's tough. I can't think of like how to how to say this right now. I think it's hard to measure. Not that I'm saying I've had a really difficult life. I, I'm extremely blessed. Mm-hmm. Like I, I acknowledge how blessed I am. Trust me. I, I love it. I am very thankful for the life that I have. I do not want anything to change right now, except for the better. Like I, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, even then, it's kind of hard to think that this could be better because I really, I, I, I'm pretty appreciative of my life right now. But I think that it's t- it's difficult to measure, you know, how how suffering works because you know there's definitely times where I couldn't fathom myself to say things like this. Mm-hmm. I've had times where you know I didn't want to keep going, I didn't want to keep doing this, and. You know, it's, it's weird because, you know, sometimes someone has like kind of one thing that happens to them and it like kind of like affects them and you can look at them and be like, Hey, well, you know, it's pretty obvious what's impacting them because that thing happened to that guy one time. And Mm -hmm. so now that guy is like this, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's easy for us to connect the dots. 
but it's hard to measure sometimes because, you know, I've kind of, you know, experienced this and I've seen it with other people as well, where sometimes it's a lot of little things, a lot of little things that kind of like build up. Right. Mm -hmm. So you could have like, yeah. And so you could have like a seemingly, you know, like normal life, but you know, there's like certain things in your, in your head that are going a little bit wacky. Right. And so that only really happens. Like someone said to me one time, and this was about, you know, like working hard and making money, but I kind of, you can see it on both sides. And the saying is, you know, water doesn't cut through rock because of its strength, but because of its consistency. And so if you have like negative patterns in your life, Mm-hmm. And you kind of have those like negative thought processes, even if your foundation is rock hard, like if that's consistent all the time in the back of your head, you're going to rot away, man. Like that's kind of what happened to me. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of, it's kind of weird. You can't really, it's, it's tough to, you know, put a number on it. Like once you reach, you know, 60% go and see someone, mm-hmm. you know, it's such a weird idea because you know, like where, where is too much suffering, right? Yeah. And it's too, it's hard as well because you just get used to it after a while and you don't know what mm-hmm. feels quote unquote off. You just, you're used to it. Um, and you're used to feeling pain and you're used to feeling discomfort and whatever it is that you feel. And you think that's just normal or you think that that's just how it's always going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but really like any, anything like, it doesn't really hurt to go to counseling anyways, or to a therapist or to anything anyways, even if you don't think you're struggling with any sort of mental health, but there's, there's always something you can improve um, when it comes to your mind and, you know, bettering yourself in that way. I think there's no problem too small to seek help. Yeah. I've kind of always thought to myself after, especially after my experience, I kind of thought to myself that, you know, if you feel like you, you, if you've, if you felt like you need help, you should probably just get the help. Because mm-hmm. if you kind of, if you go out and get it, and like you said, if you don't learn anything from it and you don't get anything out of it, like at least you learned that you don't need it. Mm-hmm. Right. Like at least you kind of have learned that, mm-hmm. right. Like uh, there's no real negative side to it. Mm-hmm. yeah totally. so, so having you know done you know like worked you know in in the field that you're in right now obviously it's kind of the same thing you're kind of you know presenting somebody something that maybe they you know maybe they know they need but they don't like say they need it like think that they need it right now or maybe they don't know they need it like what would mm-hmm. you kind of say to someone you know, it could be in regards to mental health. It could be in regards to your program. Like, what would you kind of say to someone that you know, was on the fence about, you know, getting some help, getting some assistance, and they just, like, weren't they, – they, they don't really seem like they're ready to pull the trigger on it, like, right now? Yeah. I think a lot of people are afraid to invest because they're afraid that they're not going to see the results that they want. Um, and, you know, people are always seeking that – those external results. Same thing with a fitness program. They're seeking that weight loss or they're seeking that muscle build or whatever. Right. Um, and so I think it's really just like questioning their, their fear, Mm -hmm. you know, like really questioning their fear and working with it and, 
and talking them through it because oftentimes the fear isn't of actually investing, of actually spending the money. It's fear of not seeing the results. Mm -hmm. If people want the results, they will invest because most likely, you know, these people probably haven't just been struggling for a few months. They've probably been struggling for a long time, whether it is a year or even their entire life. A lot of the women that I talk to have been struggling their entire lives and they're frustrated and they're fed up and, you know, you can, you can tell that they want the change and they're scared because they've been struggling for so long. What makes them think that this is going to change their life? Right. And I think that's harder to um, work through those things because it's, it's been such a long time of the same habits and, and them telling themselves that they're always going to be in the same place. Mm -hmm. I think it's really just about working through those fears and, and really questioning where those fears are actually coming from and, and working with them on that and through that. Um, and really also showing, like explaining, um, the benefits of what it would bring to their life and the benefits of the benefits. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that a lot of the time that people struggle with, like I know myself, like if you can't, you know, like visualize the end result mm -hmm. and it's not even worth like thinking about. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I know there's been a few times where that's like kind of hindered me. I like the first one I was like, I never, I kind of was like, kind of like always skinny fat before I started working out. You know, mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, I played rugby and I played hockey. I was kind of like, a, I was like a, a thicker kid and I never had abs until you know i was probably 18 19 and i i did i couldn't visualize i could see abs on other people i could never visualize what it would look like here mm -hmm. i could never visualize that and it it was actually so funny because it got to a point especially like obviously once i competed i got pretty lean and i had abs and didn't know it because <laughs> i couldn't visualize I literally didn't realize it. Mm -hmm. Like it, it got to a point where my buddy was like, dude, that's sick. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't understand it. I couldn't visualize it. And when I looked in the mirror, it was like blocked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like with um, people that I have calls with, if they're want, like, if they're inquiring about it or anything like that, um, I do a visualization meditation with them and wow. talk them through it. So that's it's sick. really, really helpful. Like whether it's, in, in regards to doing a program or really anything that you want to bring mm -hmm. to fruition in your life, like it's really, really important to not only visualize, like not only see what that end result looks like, but also feel what that end result looks like. Also feel what it took to get there. Also feel the in-betweens and like, what are the emotions that you feel when you achieve that wow. desired end result? Right. So if you can actually like walk through that and like, okay, so you want, you want this, you want to be free of, you want, you want to feel confident in your body, right? Mm -hmm. Well, what does that actually feel like to you? Because mm -hmm. feeling confident, like, yeah, sure. You could say confident is a feeling, but there's something else in there. Like, does that make you feel more worthy or does that make you feel more loved or more seen or heard? Like those are the common things that often come up. It's like mm -hmm. people feel invisible. They feel when it comes to body confidence, people feel invisible. They feel that they're not worthy or they don't, you know, like they're just never going to be good enough, but that's what needs to, you need to feel how you will feel when you achieve that. So if you 
feel if you your end result is to feel confident in your body, well, you're gonna feel radiant, radiant. You're gonna feel mm-hmm. powerful. You're gonna feel empowered. Like you're gonna feel all these amazing feelings. And if you can actually feel that and visualize that for yourself, you can make it happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to actually see it for yourself. If you can't see it, you're not you know you're not even gonna work towards it. You can't yeah. see it. Yeah. I uh I started realizing how powerful visualizing was and it's like, it's kind of weird. I've started to use it in really weird ways. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's insane. Like one thing that I do, like, like while COVID was done, I, I'm finally back in a gym now. So like, I'm super stoked about that. But for like three months, I wasn't lifting weights, which is kind of foreign to me. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of, I knew for myself, I have to stay active to, like you said like kind of like feel good there's times where I kind of had a different experience I don't ever look in the mirror and think wow I feel fat I look in Mm -hmm. the mirror and I think you lazy animal like you seriously look like you just sat around all day like do you do any like that's kind of the thought in my head is like dude you look (laughs) like a lazy person like that's what happens to me it's like I kind (laughs) of like think that and so I knew I was like, okay, I got to stay active every single day or as close to as I possibly can. And I started picking up bike riding because when I would run, I don't know how you ran 21 K a day because when I would run, I never matter. <laughs> I would run like three K a day, five K. Like I got to maybe six K a day and I would have the worst pain in my ankles and my knees. Yeah. So I was biking every day. And when I didn't want to bike, when I knew, say like I knew it was going to be like a late night and I had to get up early the next morning to bike, I would drive the route that I had to bike. And I would just think about it. Like I would think about, you know, because it's nighttime, it's dark. It's the same as it's going to be at 5 a.m. Like it's mm-hmm. going to still be kind of dark, especially all like spring and winter. So like you, I just kind of drove it the night before. And like that's how I would kind of visualize like, yeah, you're going to get up in the morning and do this. Like, this is what you're going to do. And I would like, look at, okay, then you're going to go for this amount of time and then turn left here. And I just drove the whole route every single way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Visualization is super powerful. And, and yeah, it helped me stay really consistent. I remember like one time I was driving my buddy home and I was like, hold on, I got to do this route first. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I'm like, just visualize it. <laughs> yeah, I told him. I told him what I was doing. I don't care. I'm not embarrassed. It's my buddy. I don't care. Yeah. You, you yeah. make fun of me? Like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. It's that simple, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're my friend? Okay, shut up. Then. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Well, yeah. it's – uh. I got to say, I'm eating up a lot of your time. It's getting pretty late here for me. I'm, uh, I got to be up early in the morning. And I know uh, you probably have more valuable things to do with your time than <laughs> me for any more time. So I'll let you go. But I do have one more requirement for you. Everybody, I make do this. So I'm oh, going to throw you on the spot right now. Yeah. And you're going to do the outro. So you can uh, kind of shout out your Instagram, shout out whatever social media you want, shout out wherever people can find you say whatever you want, but basically I want you to share a little bit of positivity for the world. That's <laughs> yeah, it. That's my, yeah. Yeah. That's my only requirement. <laughs> got to share some positivity with the world. And, Got it. Okay. And you're so, doing my outro. 
That's how I get people <laughs> to do my work for me. Amazing. Um, well, first of all, thank you for having this conversation with me. I think I thought it was really fun. Um, and thank I think you. there's a lot of valuable stuff. Don't thank stuff. me. Don't thank me. <laughs> thank you. I think there was a lot of valuable everyone stuff. Everyone thanks there. me. I know, but everyone thanks me. And people like, dude, if I was watching this, I'd be like, dude, he gets everyone to say something <laughs> nice about him. Because it, no, everyone like, says something nice. <laughs> it's your, it's your channel. Your yeah, podcast. I'm awesome. I know. <laughs> Um, so thank, thank me. Thank um, <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty, pretty sweet episode there. Um, pretty sweet. Uh, yeah. Um, so you can find me on my Instagram, which I will say again is at the wellness gypsy gypsy with an IE. Um, and on there, I don't really use much other social media, but I do have a mailing list and a little freebie on my Instagram as well. So that's linked to my bio there, um, which there's always lots of freebies and little juicy exclusives. Um, so you can join me on there as well. But yeah, thank you guys for watching or listening. Um, and really whatever you're going through, whatever struggles you're facing or barriers you're facing in your life, like you got this, you can get through it. You just have to visualize it for yourself. You have to see it for yourself. That was a really good ending there is the visualization. Like that's all you got to do guys. It's just visualize it for yourself and see it for yourself and it will come to fruition. So yeah. Thanks everybody for listening, watching. Beautiful. That's all I got. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. That's it. Bang. We're done.